0: joshua as far as you can see there's joshua oh joshua that beautiful joshua tree
1: hi brooke hey angel
0: how is it going on this beautiful friday morning
1: um i'm up and i've been reading about joshua trees
0: (laughs) oh Spoiler alert! So, if you hadn't guessed from that, um, today's episode is going to be all about Joshua trees, um, <laughs> near and dear to my heart, because I think um, the desert is probably one of the first places I started. The Mojave Desert is one of the first places I started working in when I um, actually had a, a an adult job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. aside from, you know, being a tech assistant or field tech for uh, our professor in college. Um, and, so, uh,
1: and, a, and a chicken butcherer.
0: Yeah, yeah. We used to, that's a story for another day. We used to, <laughs> uh, I volunteer, used to volunteer at the facility for care and treatment on our campus of CSUB. And we used to chop chickens up along with squirrels um we we did a pig once and i don't think i helped you guys with the bear
1: the bear the <laughs> so, mountain lion the tule elk
0: yeah i'm sure we'll have a future episode talking all about the adventures in wildlife rehab that we had and that you're continuing brooke <laughs> yep <laughs> uh that one will have to have some discretion okay i'm back All right. Sorry about that. We had some technical difficulties and you know with everybody working from home (laughs) and going to school from home the towers are overwhelmed. All right. So Brooke you were talking about the uh, naming of the Joshua trees and I think you left off on the eastern and western varieties.
1: Yeah and then I I think I was saying something about um, so the family um, that the that the Joshua tree is in is an, an agave ce, And I did read something that they were saying it was an asparagus
0: so. so Joshua trees are asparagus, everybody.
1: So we can eat them.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I did but notice, I- so <clears throat> I have been working in the desert recently and I've noticed that the tips of Joshua trees are munched off. Um, I'm thinking rodents, but there's some, like, Mm -hmm. if you've ever seen a joster tree and you're familiar, they, you know, they have that really pokey leaf structure, um, where if you try to touch it, you get stabbed, (laughs) painfully stabbed. Um, uh, but I've noticed that it looks like rodents have been munching on the tips of the leaves, which is pretty cool. Yeah.
1: Um. One, uh, I was actually just reading an article about some early explorers describing Joshua trees <laughs> and <laughs> this one explorer was describing Joshua trees like they were like a pirate and <laughs> and the the um, wood is harsh and that their um, leaf blades are like knife blades.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're like serrated, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Not only do they have really sharp tips, but each of the leaf is, like, serrated sharply.
1: Yeah. I wonder if uh, Uh, the um, loggerhead strikes take advantage of that.
0: I actually, you know, now that you mention it, I have seen um, before, not recently, but in my earlier years of surveying, I saw small birds impaled on Joshua trees and um, lizards. Um over in the near mojave in the mojave desert uh so i'm pretty sure that was the workings of loggerhead shrikes
1: the little uh raptors of the passerine world
0: yes (laughs) um those of you unfamiliar with loggerhead shrikes um this is a small i don't know it's uh, about the size of a robin american robin i'd say yeah
1: maybe
0: a little smaller um yeah a little smaller but it is a Pasturing, aka perching bird that takes its prey and impales it on sharp objects like <laughs> the leaves of joshua trees or uh sharp sticks on bushes or barbed wire we we've seen quite a bit of small animals <laughs> impaled on on uh um, barbed wire um... <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh sorry for the tangent but oh, um
1: That's fine, because you were talking about, um, you saw that they've been predated on by a possible rodent. And that's actually, um, rodents are actually one of, actually are the only, well, we'll probably maybe birds, but the rodents are the ones who go up into the Joshua trees, like the white-tailed antelope squirrel, Mojave ground squirrel, and California ground squirrel. They climb up into the trees, and they gnaw on the fruit, and they help disperse the seeds.
0: Cool. So? And
1: yeah. So they, because um, their seeds are basically stuck in this little capsule that doesn't open up. And I can even um, talk about the relationship of its, prehist- I guess, what you call it? Prehistoric um, relationship with a ground sloth.
0: Ooh, uh, yeah, um, yeah yeah
1: yeah okay okay
0: <laughs> i love okay everybody <laughs> i love megafauna there, okay I so
1: screw the little uh, rodents that we see on the daily basis no i love
0: rodents i love rodents <laughs> too but i really love megafauna
1: so um what i've been reading about was that um during the pleistocene is it um the ground sloths were the main seed dispersals for the yucca or the yucca brevifolia, which is Joshua uh-huh. tree, because um, they were tall enough to get up into the tree, and and they can eat the the fruit whole, and then they can go off and then poop out the seeds.
0: That's wow! I never knew that. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, just to paint a picture for us in the Mojave desert, we don't have the tall reaching saguaro cactuses that you usually see in movies that are trying to depict deserts. Um, We don't have like the Ocotillo, you know, shrimp type things or anything like that. Um, You know, when you have Joshua trees, they're like the, they stick out in the landscape and it looks like a Dr. Seuss book. Uh, mm-hmm. Depiction of of the desert, almost. Um, yeah, so. that's
1: how a lot of sources were describing Joshua Tree as something out of the out of a Dr. Seuss book.
0: They are definitely really cool to look at. And um, did you look into where they occur? Because I guess we're, you know, it's kind of our own backyard where we live because we're not that far away from. You know, going out to see them.
1: Yeah. So there. So the current distribution of Joshua trees is a small fraction compared to what it was during the late Pleistocene. Was was when the little shasta, not the little, <laughs> the big <laughs> shasta ground sloths roamed. Um. But let's see. Um. The. So. There are there's five populations, and I guess there's a sixth uh, hybrid population, which is in Tinkaboo Valley, Nevada. <laughs> um, our Joshua tree is entirely in California. The western one um, is entirely in California. All the one of the um, populations of the western Joshua tree, and then there's one like that shares the border with Nevada um and it's there's a population by gorman
0: oh yeah so for people that drive from los angeles up north gorman is that little city um probably about 10 50 minutes before the great vine on the i5 uh, and if you look closely there's joshua trees growing in those small valleys between the mountains always oh, cool to see
1: yeah, and I think that Joshua Tree National Park is the southern region for their distribution, current distribution, um, and then they can go up.
0: I I just went to Joshua Tree last year um, in the summer, mid-pandemic. <laughs> um, <sighs> after months and months of isolating, we got an Airbnb. It was like a tiny house. Um, so we went to Joshua Tree, and the I think it was 110 when we got there, and it cooled down to 95 the rest of the time. So there wasn't that many people when we went there the first day, which was nice.
1: oh, so it was pleasant. Yeah, so it
0: was fantastic. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I think most people go when the weather is nicer, obviously. So if you want to go when there's not a ton of hipsters, um, Sitting on rocks, taking pictures for their Instagram accounts. Um, uh, go when it's like 110. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it limits your hiking abilities a bit, a little bit, um, but you can, you know, enjoy the park in almost complete solitude. Um, but yeah, it it. I, I believe Joshua Tree National Park is the southernmost edge of their. Um, range Uh, and I mean the way the way the park is set up you can drive all the way across from one town to the next and see the entire park Um, and there's a bunch of rock outcrops and things like that so highly recommend visiting it Uh, but remember when you go to a national park to uh, practice respect and uh take care of the national park because it belongs to everybody <laughs> um so we were talking about the the range um, yeah i guess we can get into into the uh, gloom and doom kind of stuff before we do that though i want to kind of go back to um the things that eat the joshua tree <laughs> I did a little bit of research on something that's very important to the Joshua tree. Um, And I've never really... I've seen them before, but I never really paid attention to them. I just assumed it was a pollinator, which is the yucca moth. um, That's part of the Tegeticula uh, genus. Uh, I guess that yucca moths are specific... um, pollinators to yuccas but especially the joshua trees so they most of their life cycle is in the larval stage and cocoon stage so the adults only live like five days and um unlike most moths um they do not have that curling proboscis or tongue that most moths Used to suck nectar and eat it. They have evolved to um, only have these like tentacle like structures for mouth parts um, that they don't actually use to eat. The females use it to gather pollen. Um, so that made me like take a deeper dive to see why they gather the pollen. Um, so the, the adults. Uh, They all mate inside of the Joshua tree flower. And um, when the female is ready to lay the eggs, she finds the ovary of the flower and lays a few eggs. And as she does that, she takes the pollen from the stamen and moves it to the carpal. Is that how how plant um, sex works, Brooke? (laughs) (laughs) Where does the uh, pollen get put?
1: It gets put on the um, the pistol. The yes,
0: so all those plant parts. The moth knows where to put the pollen to cause um, the flower to become pollinated, and make sure that that specific flower where she laid her eggs will uh, bloom and produce fruits and seeds for her babies to not only be housed in but also eat. Uh, and. Not only, so every time she lays her eggs, she only does like a few, um, because if you overwhelm the flower with too many, um, eggs and larva, the flower can fail and then the larva won't, won't make it to adulthood. Uh, are are you, um,
1: okay, keep going. I might, I might add something. Interject
0: as needed. (laughs) Okay. Um, They, so once the, whoa, so if a female finds um, an ovary that already had eggs laid on it, she won't lay any more eggs there. So they'll actually move on to another flower. And then they do this continuously until she deposits all her eggs. And then she just dies. (laughs) But the larvae, you know, they, once they reach adulthood or I guess the end of the larval stage, they'll drop off of the flower and bury themselves in the ground.
1: Well, they um. So when they're when they first hatch in their the little when they're in the little capsule, in the fruit, they're gonna eat the seeds, and then they they eat their their way out of the fruit, and then they fall down on the ground. Yes. Then they they start their pupation. Yes. Pup pupa pupa.
0: And then they uh you know become adults again and start the whole process over and the joshua tree depends on this pollination to um uh i guess you know cross pollinate so that you don't get the uh i guess inbreeding and you know that causes issues when you have the same dna going over and over again Mm
1: -hmm. and uh one one thing that i read about the um the moth um, it can I think they said "Oh, how long they sometimes it can take 10 years from them to be underground before the yes they
0: saw that that they had logo dormant for quite some time before it, um, if conditions are not right
1: and did you find any information because the the, res- the sources I was reading they were saying that they they there was no like, information about the timing of when the moth emerges and when the flowers are ready to receive pollen
0: i did not find anything i think you need to go to grad school and study this um, I'm um just, you
1: can go to grad i'm school. just gonna throw it <laughs> on
0: to you to do that
1: <laughs> well i think you can study it because you can might uh, study the shasta Ground
0: sloth. <laughs> I'll I'll try to get a paleontology degree at the same time as get, Okay, well,
1: and apparently I was reading too that we can potentially find ground sloth, um, petrified dung out really? there. Really? So keep your eyes open for <laughs> sloth dung. <laughs> I
0: probably, I probably walked over it. And didn't even know.
1: No, it's just a clump of dirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: an old rock. Um, so getting to the, kind of go back to, you know, there's no, no, inf- well, not that we could find, but if anybody knows, feel free to email us <laughs> or message us on Instagram. Uh, we'll share that at the end and have a link on our, uh, podcast page for all that stuff, um, as to when, you know, if there's any information on Uh, the moth emerging from its cocoon, what, what causes that? Um, uh, I guess, I don't know. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Well, I can take your moth thing a little bit further. Um, Between the Western and the Eastern um, varieties, uh, their flowers are different. Um, Their stylar canals are different links and there's two different, uh, I guess, two different species of moths that are associated with each of these um, variety of Joshua trees. So one, one, um, their ovipositor is longer and goes um, can lay their eggs in the the Joshua tree with a longer canal.
0: Interesting. And then
1: there was, and then there was a. Uh, I didn't go. I didn't read too much into it, but there was something about the hybridization zone where it was probably hybridized um, using the pollen of, I don't remember which one, which western-eastern to pollinate and which eastern-western would, <laughs> so, yeah.
0: yeah well, so um, So this is all so. a fantastic example of a symbiotic relationship. Um, ecology, ooh,
1: yeah, oh. it's all it's yeah, interconnected.
0: I... Um, well, I'm gonna just I'm just gonna dive into it. So there's issues right now uh, with the uh, yucca moth not surviving um, in areas where it's super hot, uh,
1: No.
0: because of climate change. No. And what some of the researchers are seeing is that in areas where the Yucca moth is not doing too well, uh, the Joshua tree still is growing, not as well as it could be. And um, they're doing kind of asexual reproduction. So you find these like, um, and I think one research, researcher called it like a fairy ring of Joshua trees where you have like a circle of trees growing with nothing in the middle. Um, and it's all from, uh, sprouting, uh, what are they, what are they, their shoots? I don't know. Brooke, you're the botanist Mm -hmm. today.
1: I'm not a botanist. (laughs) Oh my
0: God. Rhizomes? Is that what it is?
1: (laughs) Yeah. They said rhizomes. Okay.
0: Okay. So they spread the rhizomes and then baby, baby Joshua trees sprout from those and grow, but it's all Mm -hmm. the same genetic material, same, you know, it's the same tree technically and if there's some sort of disease or parasite that they become susceptible to then that entire population of trees can joshua trees can die Mm -hmm. so uh climate change yeah
1: (laughs) so you found sources based off of the um, the moth not pollinating the trees was causing colonization colonialization of the of the tree yes I found sources that were saying it was due to fires that were that were um, burning the tops of the trees, and then they were cloning underground. Yes,
0: I saw. I I read that too. Um, that was one example they were using as to. So, let me let me kind of roll back here. Um, researchers think that by twenty one zero zero um joshua tree national forest will be void of joshua trees because of climate change.
1: yeah i read that too
0: so um uh because you know because what? that's can yeah. i
1: go can i go off yeah. of that the national or joshua tree national park it's federally protected yes. Um, So when I was looking at like the listing of Joshua trees, so the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, um, they got a petition to review to list the um, Joshua tree. And they said that they concluded it does not require protection under the ESA um, because they were saying that most habitat is federally managed by agencies um so if the national park like it's just like crazy because these climate science scientists are showing <laughs> Joshua trees are not gonna be in Joshua Tree National Park. Yeah. And um so in so, less than hundred years.
0: So the tree, I mean the national park that's named after that plant. Could likely disappear in uh, not a very long time. You know that'll be your well, not my grandkids in eighty uh, years. Yeah, that'll pre- be our great grandkids, and um, <laughs> you know they won't get to enjoy. They won't get to take Instagram pictures in front of the Joshua trees and box. Uh,
1: well, the, some of the the climate models that I was looking at, they were showing that the yucca or are... Yucca I keep calling it yucca. Can we just call him Yucca? Because Joshua's tree, like goes, <laughs> it's 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 named after a more like Mormons uh seeing the tree that looks like Joshua. Joshua yeah, praying. I read that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um I like that. Um, I'm a vow uh no, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> I'm just used to the name. You you like to call things by the Latin genus. Yeah. Go for it. You're a we, scientist. we were
1: uh Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be referring to Joshua trees as the yucca. So the yuccas are going to be um, surviving in higher elevations. Um, so they won't be doing too well on the flats of like the Mojave.
0: Yeah. So um. that I think that's one of the issues that they're kind of worried about is the yucca that grow in the higher elevations. Um, the moths don't do too well because it's too cold <laughs> and the ones no. that are in the flat the moths don't do too well because it's too hot so it's not like <laughs> <laughs> mama bear's porridge is too cold papa bear's porridge is too hot we need baby bear's porridge for just uh, the Well then well
1: then I was I was also reading about um, the the population in gorman and how they're basically they're they're reproducing asexually, doing the colonialization or whatever, and and I don't think there's anything about them needing a moth over there. So, but then, like you said, they're all one genetic material, or one. If a disease comes in, can wipe the whole population out? Uh, or, or like um, with these extreme temperature changes, it can wipe them
0: out. Yes. So everybody. Oh. Stop driving. <laughs> we need to become. Everybody needs to become carbon neutral. Oh, it's so hard. Human humans are wretched. Mm. You know, it's, it's very little we can do now. I think, but um, at this point, unless we completely change everything that we're doing, <laughs> so going to that um, kind of off of that, you were talking about the federal. Uh, I guess review of the Joshua trees. Um, California actually did um, vote. The uh, California Fish and Game Commission did vote to consider listing the Joshua tree as threatened. Uh, under uh, with a few caveat caveats, so um, they <laughs> they gave certain renewable energy projects exception because. They justified it by saying that renewable projects will help actually um, <laughs> reduce climate change. So it's like it's a it's a double edged sword um, it's, while, while it's under review, while some of these projects are under review. So um,
1: well, the 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 Yucca's listing is um, under review, so it's a candidate for listing. Right. But it's afforded it's afforded the same protection as the listed species. Yes. Yet.
0: And I think this is yet, this is the first species that, at least in California, I don't know anywhere else, but that has ever been considered for listing or become a candidate species for listing um, based on um, climate change.
1: Climate, which is. Yeah.
0: Which I'm. I'm. Nervous that this is going to, you know, be what's happening moving forward. So,
1: well, there was like, um, not just uh, so, so climate change is a huge factor with these plants, these animals, and their tolerance for these higher temperatures and, um, ex- you know, longer periods of drought. And these, in, um, but there's also another concern, because um, with with droughts and these like heavy rains, and with um, there being disturbance out there with uh, with OHV, you know, new developments um, and all that, um, uh, invasive grasses moving. Yes, and invasive grasses. Are what's the what is the driving factor for these fires out in like Joshua Tree National yes, Park? Yes, these
0: are places that had never had wildfires naturally, um, but mm. the introduction of these invasive species has been literally adding kindle kindling to these fires. And causing places that have plants and animals that are not evolved to uh, survive wildfires like you have in mm-hmm. chaparrales where what is it manzanita manzanita mm-hmm. actually germinates after the seeds are burned <laughs> which is awesome
1: well even 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 going off of that is saying like just because they're fire adaptive doesn't mean they are frequently fire true, adaptive true because <laughs> There needs to be a period you know of these what? plants that are fire You know what we need to do? Huh?
0: Vacuum the desert floor. Uh-uh. That's what we need to do. <laughs> Gosh, what are we doing in California? Not vacuuming our desert floors.
1: Raking up all that grass. <laughs> well, and then some interesting things that I found about, like, um, invasive grasses. There was some research done um, with pollution. Um, And then the pollution that's coming from Los Angeles, um, it it like oxidizes and, and um, brings in nitrogen to the landscape and which that, that's what like the non-native grasses, um, non-native species like live Mm. off of, um, makes them more abundant. And, um, and then they're more abundant, (laughs) there's going to be more fires and when there's more fires um, I I, I was getting conflicting information about whether or not Joshua trees are fire adaptive but it seemed like the earlier research said they were but the newer research is saying Mm. they are not and um, one thing with Joshua trees is um, when they're babies, little babies, um, they depend on a lot of factors to Grow, um, like first they depend on the white-tailed antelope squirrel to go up into the Joshua tree, bring the seeds down, and make little seed caches. Um, and when some of those seed caches are forgotten about, you know they can germinate and grow. Um, but one thing they also depend on is um, they call them like nursery. I think it's called nursery plants. So some of like the shrubs out there, they help. Protect those little seedlings from like the from the shade of the intense heat. Um, They help with like moisture um, content of the soil around them so that they can grow. Yeah, sorry. Oh, I can keep going. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, and one thing that they were showing with fires is it wipes out like it burns the tree. It burn and then also burns all the all the forbs and grasses. And all the little rodents, they eat a lot of those, they collect a lot of those forb seeds and grass seeds to eat. Um, and when there's no forbs out there for them to eat, they're going to go to the Joshua tree and start gnawing on on the tree.
0: <laughs> well,
1: so that's what I'm going to, you probably were seeing, I'm going
0: to circle back this, that, that little, uh, I'm going to call, I'm, uh, we need to name these like rants something because, you know, the, you know we are the babbling Ooh. biologists, um, but I'm going to yeah. circle back to you. Hear that, Los Angeles? It's your fault. It's all your fault.
1: <laughs> yeah, and we, we get it too. We get their pollution in the San Joaquin Valley. Yeah, well,
0: now because I think one in five, one in five no, people are suffering them- from COVID right now or have it. So, um, get it together, um, and then we'll blame you guys. <laughs> For the Joshua trees being lost. <laughs> um, well, uh, I wanted to plug uh, an organization that I actually drove. I mean, I wish I could have stopped that day, but they were closed because of the pandemic. <laughs> uh, the Mojave Desert Land Trust. Um, they do a lot to help try and preserve the mojave desert which includes several <laughs> several areas with joshua trees um and they actually have native plant restoration or nurseries and they're trying to start like their own um seed bank um so uh people should volunteer donate i don't know if they're taking volunteers right now but uh you know, <laughs> one day things will be back to normal normal or whatever the new normal is. Uh, but visit mdlt.org uh, to learn more about the Mojave Desert Land Trust. Mm. <sighs> I want to go, let's go, uh, well, I think uh, it's kind of wet out there, but it's probably nice, nice weather to go hike amongst the Joshua trees right now. Yeah.
1: Um, just No, we don't want to encourage people to go out and enjoy these places because they trash these places. No,
0: I want to <laughs> encourage people to enjoy these places, so that, uh, but in a responsible manner. Don't go off the trail. Don't litter. Don't. If you're going to take your dogs, you, they need to be on a leash. Do not.
1: Well. Uh, well, and then you need to also make sure that the area allows yes, dogs yes. at all, because there are certain areas that have like ground nesting birds that. You know, they don't want them to be disturbed by your your dog.
0: In uh, Joshua Tree, you can take your dog, but they have to be on a leash and you have to stay within 100 feet of the main road. Um, So you can't really go on the trails because they'll they don't want the dogs to disturb like the bighorn sheep and other animals out there. Um, So, yes, that's a good point. If You're going to take a dog. Make sure they're allowed there. Make sure they're on a leash and bring doggy bags to pick up your dog's shit.
1: And remove that bag of dog shit yes. from the site. Don't leave it um, down on the ground, or don't put it down. And be like, I'm gonna pick it up on my way out. You're gonna yes. forget about it.
0: Um, most places have trash cans for that. If they don't, mm-hmm. put it and in your he... cards. Your fucking and... dog. Sorry, I had a cuss. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we don't want to see that shit. <laughs> so anyway. go enjoy
0: these places, but do it responsibly. Don't, um, don't well, go off the track again.
1: <laughs> yeah there's ethics to um, enjoying our, our land. It's don't be an asshole. And just because there's a rule that you don't like, don't be an asshole about it. Because there's rules for a yes. reason.
0: Don't, don't. In-
1: because people before you acted like assholes, so they had to, to be strict on some of these these rules and laws yeah, and, and regulations. The Joshua is not
0: there for you to stab your initials into. Um, you know, um, I wish...
1: People do well. People yeah, doing that.
0: Yeah, I've seen uh, Joshua trees with initials on them, and then obviously the graffiti on the rocks. And I feel like we have gone on a complete rant here because
1: <laughs> no, I think be perfect. <laughs> because
0: we become infuriated when someone defaces <laughs> our natural resources <laughs> that are supposed to be enjoyed by everybody. Mm-hmm.
1: Supposed- yeah, someone was telling me about um I don't remember where it was, but some people had vandalized some. Picto is it pictograms yes,
0: pictographs uh, Indigenous people's drawings <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Yeah, that's I, I think it was in was it Zion Moab I don't know I, I I'm sure there's several cases of it, but there's like property owners who had pictographs on their property and they put do not trespass like they bolted the do not trespass signs on like on the pictographs like <laughs> on the rock. Like you know, basically mm. destroying the pictograph. <sighs> you know what? I I need a nap. I need a sandwich and an nap now. <laughs> I'm all worked up.
1: <laughs> I, need, I need a shot.
0: <laughs> well, it is Friday, but it's it's one o'clock, so you know, lunch lunch beverages. <sighs> well, I think I think that's good for our. Second recording of this podcast. We are the babbling biologists. Um, so enjoy nature responsibly. Brooke.
1: And if you have questions about Joshua trees, ask us in our Instagram so that we can go look them up. Yes. And tell Always you. ask
0: questions. <laughs> if anybody has questions, we hope we get a big enough listening base. That if... They'll ask us questions.
1: Yeah. Well, we, and if, like, if we don't know it off the top of our head we can find it because um, we have resources available to us we don't just look <laughs> at memes or what Tom, Dick and Jerry down the street told us yes
0: we, we and we have we can ask people that know as well
1: <laughs> yeah ask smart people
0: yes thank questions. you Allie Ward <laughs> thanks,
1: <laughs> thanks Allie <laughs>
0: alright goodbye everybody <laughs>
1: 拜拜